Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This year has gone by incredibly quickly, but it's always nice to pause and take stock. What's something you're proud of in 2024 so far? What's something you still want to accomplish this year? I know I'm guilty of falling into a routine and not always thinking about the bigger picture, but as the great Ferris Bueller once said, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you can miss it. So it's crucial to take a moment to celebrate your wins and make adjustments for the rest of the year. Therapy can help you contextualize your progress and set achievable goals for the next six months. As you surely know by now, it's not only for people who have experienced major trauma. Therapy is helpful in all kinds of ways, including learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. If you've been considering trying therapy, check out BetterHelp. It's fully online and was specifically designed to be flexible and customizable to your schedule. To get started, just fill out a brief questionnaire that matches you up with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com FilmDaily today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash film daily. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Monday, February 15th, 2021. On today's episode, we are going to be discussing the latest film and TV news. My name is Ben Pearson. I'm the senior writer at SlashFilm.com, and I am joined on today's episode by Slash Film writer Chris Evangelista. Hello. Chris, it's just you and me today. Uh, it's a relatively quiet news day. It's President's Day, so it's like kind of a holiday, but not really. It seems like Hollywood is just sort of, you know, churning out the occasional interesting story, but a lot of, uh, you know, fluff and nonsense, to be honest. So this is probably going to be a shorter episode than normal. But uh, over the, you know, today and the past couple of days, we have some news that I, I thought was worth discussing on an episode. So let's just jump right into that. And uh, start with some news that dropped on uh, Friday evening, which is really exciting to me. And I have not talked to you about this. So I want to get your take on this. But uh, Donald Glover and Phoebe Waller-Bridge announced that they are going to be starring in and creating a new iteration of the romantic spy thriller Mr. and Mrs. Smith for Amazon Prime Video. So it's a TV series that they're working on. Uh, it is going to be, quote, a new take and iteration. So I, I don't know if that just literally means like, hey, it's a new thing or if there's like some sort of new spin to the story. Um, but the movie, the original movie came out in 2005. Uh, Doug Lyman directed it and it starred Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie as this married couple who 
um, you know, their, their home lives were these boring humdrum lives. And then uh, each of them was hiding the fact that they are both like world-class assassins who work for competing firms. And then <laughs> their latest assignment is that they have been assigned to, to murder each other. So um, this is really exciting because uh, Donald Glover, I mean, is like one of the, uh, like the premier voices of his generation, I think, uh, in terms of like the, the, just the sheer breadth of creative stuff that he's done over the past few years. And then um, including Atlanta, which is the FX show. And then uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, of course, is like best known for her work on Fleabag, which won, you know, every conceivable award. And she has gone on to be one of the writers of the new James Bond movie. So there's like a little bit of a spy uh, pedigree already to the, to the writing work that she's done. Um, you know, also Killing Eve the first season. I think she worked on that too. So there's a little bit more of that sort of double lives and assassins kind of stuff going on. So uh, Chris, what do you think about the, the combo of these two with uh, this Mr. and Mrs. Smith property? You know, I, I'm excited about them together. Obviously they've, they've sort of worked together before because they were both in solo together, uh, which I feel like, <laughs> I feel like a lot of people forgot about, but it, it happened everyone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that, that strikes me as odd is that this is the property they're, they're teaming up on just because, I just feel like the Mr. and Mrs. Smith movie was just kind of, I feel like that movie is more memorable because it's the movie that Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, you know, started having an affair on and, and, uh, you know, it broke up Brad Pitt and Jennifer Addison's relationship. I feel like if anyone thinks about the movie, they just think about it in those terms. They don't really, Mm -hmm. but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's like an entire generation out there who's like, fuck yeah, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. (laughs) I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. I feel like every once in a while, something like this happens where, a title gets brought up and I think of it as like, no one cares about that. And then like everyone on Twitter is like, hell yeah. When I was a kid, I watched that all the time. So, you know, but I, 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 sorry, again. I was just going to say, I think if anything, it sort of represents sort of like a throwback to that, like just on the, the cusp of that era where, when Hollywood was still like giving decent sized budgets to, you know, premises and, and projects like this uh, before every single thing became either, you know, a Blumhouse style, micro budget thing or Avengers Endgame, you know? Yeah, right. So uh, I don't know. I guess I guess we have to wait and see. Like, it's unclear whether these guys, um, whether Glover and Waller-Bridge are actually going to be contributing to the, the writing of this thing or whether or not they're just going to be like executive producing it, sort of like overseeing the creative vision of the thing. But Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, I, I will be much more excited if, if it's announced like they're handling like the creative decisions because... You know, as wonderful performers as they are, I feel like both of their strengths lie in what they create. And, you know, if it's them writing the scripts, then yes, I'm I'm absolutely all in on this. But uh, I guess we'll see. All right. So let's move to uh, a project that I think you might not be as all in on, which is a, uh, a face off project. Well, take, take me through the uh, timeline of this uh, face-off announcement that came that happened uh, at the end of last week. So yeah, so on Thursday, word came that uh, Adam Wingard, who directed uh, Your Next and the guests and the upcoming Godzilla versus Kong, would be directing a face-off remake. And this actually isn't the first time we've heard of a face-off remake. There was, it was previously announced back in... Um, 2019 and Oren Uziel, well, I'm, I'm sorry I'm saying his name wrong and I apologize, but uh, his credits include 22 Jump Street and the Cloverfield Paradox and Sonic the Hedgehog was actually announced uh, to be writing that version. But that's no longer the case. Uh, Simon Barrett, who writes, uh, who wrote most of 
uh, Adam Wingard's films uh, is tackling the script. And um, yeah, when this news broke, I was very perturbed by this because we do not need a face-off remake. That movie is, uh, I dare say that movie is perfect in its own terms. Is it, <laughs> is it a perfect movie? I mean, maybe not technically, but for, you know, a John Woo movie where, John Travolta and Nicolas Cage swap faces and lives and have boat chases and shoot at each other in churches. It's, it's pretty damn perfect. And I like Adam Wingard. I like his movies, but I am not really interested in seeing anyone remake this. Well, I have good news for you, Chris, because I think the next day, uh, or maybe maybe later that evening or something, uh, Adam Wingard uh, took to Instagram and said, quote, I would never reimagine or remake Face Off. It's a perfect action movie. Simon Barrett and I are writing a direct sequel. And that sort of like threw an entire different wrinkle into this whole thing because, I mean, spoiler alert for the original uh, Face Off movie, but it ends with Nick Cage's character being impaled by a spear gun and dying. So it seems unlikely that they're going to bring him back. So then it sort of like raises the question of, okay, what does a direct sequel to face off actually look like? So knowing now that it's not going to be just a, a, uh, a rehash of the same movie, Chris, what, what do you think about this sort of updated idea about a face off sequel? It's still a bad idea. Um, (laughs) Look, uh, you know, uh, no matter what Adam Wingard is saying here, I sincerely doubt this is going to be a direct sequel in the terms of that, like, John Travolta's character is back and he's swapping faces with someone else. I mean, maybe that'll happen. You know, John Travolta, his career is in kind of like a weird place right now. You know, he's doing Fred Durst movies, so I don't know. You know, I I don't think he's above, like, turning down work. Mm -hmm. But I find it very hard to believe that it's a direct sequel in the terms that like Travolta and cage are back. Uh, because as you said, you know, cage's character is dead. And, uh, when, when they say it's a direct sequel, I think what they're, they're, they're implying here is two new characters are going to swap faces and someone else is going to be like, you know, this happened once before back in the nineties when Sharn Archer and Caster Troy did it. (laughs) And then they're going to move on. Like, that's really what I think is going on here. And I, I find it very hard to believe it's a direct sequel in terms of characters are coming back. I mean, there aren't characters that could come back. The only ones who can come back are John Travolta and his family. Like everyone else pretty much died in that movie. It was kind of a plot point because everyone who knew they swapped faces ended up getting killed, which made it hard for them to swap back and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So uh, unless this is like a totally bonkers idea where where Nicolas Cage's character rises from the grave and you know honestly (laughs) I would be excited to see that but I I I find it very hard to believe that that's what's happening here I'm I'm almost 90 I'm 99.9% sure it's going to be two new characters and they're just going to have someone bring it up and say once upon a time this happened so when I wrote this uh, article about this update, Chris, I, I sort of um, theorized about two potential possibilities for what this sequel could be like. And I want to run those by you and just see what you think about them real quick. So uh, one of them is that um, Sean Archer's daughter, Jamie, who was played by Dominique Swain in the original, this movie, maybe this direct sequel could be about this Jamie character who is now all grown up. Maybe she's followed in her father's footsteps and become an FBI special agent. And then she just so happens to be the one who has to undergo the same experimental surgery that her father pioneered decades before so that's one option uh and then the other one is that maybe it does bring travolta back and it brings cage back in a way that like willem dafoe came back in the sam Raimi sam raimi spider-man movies where like you know 
uh, Travolta's character walks in front of a mirror and it's Cage on the other side of the mirror. And the two of them like have discussions back and forth that way. And like maybe this whole face off uh, uh, surgery that they did, like, you know, is having like a long term lasting, uh, you know, side effect, mental side effects where he's like breaking down and like the the lines between these two people are becoming even more blurred, even though it's decades later and all that kind of stuff. So what do you think about uh, either of those potential options there? I think the second option is the one I like more, but I just, I, I it's very hard for me to get excited about that. Cause even in that scenario, Nicholas Cage would only like be like a cameo unless like the whole mirror movie versus Nicholas Cage. Yeah. Unless like the whole movie was John Travolta talking to a mirror. Then yes, I would watch that. <laughs> but yeah, I just, it's, it's just, it's the wrong, it's the, it's a, not a good idea. It's not, you know, if the only way I'd get excited about this is if, like I said, Travolta and Cage were back and also John Woo was coming back to direct it because I, again, I like Adam Wingard, but he's, I don't think he's right for this material. He's too, um, droll he's too like sarcastic mm. you know john too woo modern maybe yeah john woo took face off very seriously as serious as you can take a movie about two men swapping faces john john woo took it that seriously and that's what this material it doesn't need like i feel like adam wingard's version is going to be like very winking at the audience like it's going to be tongue-in-cheek and uh, it's going to be like ha 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 they're you know this is a funny scenario and Face Off played that straight. You know, it played that idea of face swapping and secret metal boot prisons very seriously. <laughs> and that, that's what this material needs. And I don't think we're going to get that with Adam Wingard. All right. Uh, so our next story involves um, Captain Marvel 2, which has found a uh, an actress to play the movie's villain. What is the deal there, Chris? Uh, Zoe Ashton, who played, uh, I forget her character's name, but she was in velvet buzzsaw which is a movie that not a lot of people liked but i really liked it uh, is playing the villain in captain marvel 2 um we don't know what villain she's playing that hasn't been announced yet but we know that she will be the antagonist in in the sequel which is being directed by uh nia da costa who directed the upcoming Candyman reboot slash sequel okay so uh it- Actually, now that you bring that up, I know we've talked about that new Candyman movie before. Do you know what else Neo DaCosta has directed? Like off the top of your head, have you seen any of her other movies? Because I I don't think that I have. Now that I'm like thinking about it a little bit more, uh, she directed a film called Little Woods, which I haven't seen, but uh, I've heard is good. But that's really oh, that's it. right. I think HT saw that at a film festival like a year or two ago. Yeah. So I'll have to I'll have to that, check that out. That was her feature debut, and then she directed. I'm looking at it now and it's something called top boy, which I don't know what that is. It's like a TV hmm. drama. And then her next feature is Candyman, which hopefully will come out this year. We're supposed to come out last year, but as we all know, that didn't happen. Okay. So, uh, Zoe Ashton, as you mentioned, uh, velvet buzzsaw. I, I enjoyed that movie too. I think maybe not quite as much as you did, but definitely more than the average person who I think watched that film and was like completely like <laughs> flabbergasted at what yeah. the hell was going on in it. Um, but, uh, I, I asked you to cut co- to, <laughs> peruse a list of Captain Marvel villains uh, from some sort of random wiki page that I found online of these people who have faced off against the Captain Marvel character in the comics. And I was wondering if you, you, you know, you mentioned that Zoe Ashton, we have no idea what character she's going to be playing here, but I wonder if you might be able to, to scroll through that list and see if there's, you know, one or two characters 
that uh, strike you as maybe a good or terrible or ridiculous option for her to be playing? You know, I was looking at this list. I don't really know a lot about Captain Marvel, and I have I haven't heard of like any of these characters. There's one. There's a character <laughs> named like Quasimodo, which is the <laughs> hunchback of Notre Dame, but it's like a space version of that. So let's say that, let's go with that. I'm going to go with that. That's who she's playing, Quasimodo. You heard yeah. it here first, folks. <laughs> That sounds incredible, actually. Like, does does Quasimodo swing from space bells? Like, Let's see. Operating Let's look at the, Quasimodo is the creation of Mad Thinker, whoever that is, created as part of a plan to defeat the Fantastic Four. Uh, the Thinker intentionally gave Quasimodo a monstrous appearance and informed him that he would upgrade it to a more attractive humanoid body if he was successful in his task. <laughs> So that's that character's arc. He looks like Quasimodo from Hunchback of Notre Dame, and he wants to look handsome. And the only way that'll happen is if he defeats the Fantastic Four. So there, you heard it here, folks. That's what's happening in Captain Marvel 2. Disclaimer, that. that is not what's happening. <laughs> Man, like just thinking about the total insanity of like the creativity and lack thereof sometimes of having to churn out you know comic book stories for decades and decades and like just some of the story meetings that must have happened between these writers who are just like desperate to come up with anything to just fill pages for the next month's (laughs) issue that's oh man I'm, i'm guessing that's how something like quasimodo came to be but Uh, All right, let's talk about our last story for the day, and that is the uh, Paranormal Activity reboot, which we have known about for a while. Um, That movie has now found a director, and that director is William Eubank, who directed the uh, 2020 Kristen Stewart starring aquatic horror film Underwater. Uh, We know that Christopher Landon, who has been, I think he's written four of the Paranormal Activity movies so far, uh, is going to be writing the script for this. And it is being described as a quote unquote, unexpected retooling. So, uh, you know, again, uh, the mind reels at what that might actually mean in the context of this franchise, which is, if you've been paying attention to the Paranormal Activity movies, incredibly detailed in terms of its myth, uh, mythology and you know character cross you know uh, in, interconnected characters and things of that sort so an unexpected re- retooling i have no idea what that really could be if it's just maybe this new movie uh follows another character that we've already seen or sort of shifts the perspective in some way but um chris i have not had a chance to see underwater yet but i know i think you and jacob uh were sort of um you know stumping for that movie a little bit and arguing that it was better than it it's uh you know better than it seemed am i remembering that correctly and and what do you think about eubank stepping into the director's chair for a paranormal activity movie yeah, I really dug Underwater. It's it's a lot of fun. It's not like groundbreaking or anything, and it's very derivative, but it, it, it gets the job done. It's, it's a well-made underwater horror film. And I really like Christopher Landon because he um wrote the uh, Happy Death Day movies, and he directed the second one, and he just directed uh, Freaky, which he also co-wrote. So uh, this, is a, this is a really cool uh, team up right here. And I, I'm definitely, you know... Uh, the Paranormal Activity series, you know, it started pretty strong, although uh, I, I recently revisited the first movie and it's kind of amazing how little happens in that first movie. Like almost it's like it's literally just scene after scene where they're just like, did you hear that? And then they move on <laughs> and somehow that spawned an entire franchise and the franchise kind of went off the rails, I would say. I feel like the, the last few sequels in particular have just been blah and uh, you know, they, they keep trying to build on the mythology and, and all that stuff. So 
I'm definitely up for, you know, a fresh take on it. And I, I definitely think this is an interesting uh, team for that. So I'm very curious to see what they do. Did you see William Eubanks' 2014 movie, The Signal, the science, science fiction mystery film? Is that the one with Lawrence Fishburne? I think it is, yes. I did not. I always see like the, the cover for it, but I've never actually seen the film. Yeah, I haven't either. Okay. Uh, well, the, what a way to end this podcast, Chris. Yes, <laughs> you and we I haven't seen, seen that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I love it. Well, that you know, that, that's all we got today. That that's the news uh, as as fit to deliver to you in podcast form. So, if you want to learn more about all of the stories that we mentioned on today's show, you can do that at slashfilm.com, and you can click on the individual stories that are linked inside the show notes of this episode. Slash Film Daily is published every weekday, bringing you the most exciting news from the world of movies and TV as well as deeper dives into the great features you can find on the site. You can subscribe to the show on Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps, and send your feedback, questions, comments, and concerns, and mailbag topics. Please send those in, too, if you have any, uh, to us at peter at slashfilm.com. Make sure to leave your name and general geographic location in case we mention your email on the air. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Tell your friends, spread the word. Thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you all tomorrow.